0: Welcome back to the Daniel Muggleton podcast. It's me. I'm Daniel Muggleton. I'm the guy. Uh, Appreciate you tuning in. Sorry, today's episode is a few hours late. Uh, I have been, you know, busy. That's it. That's all I got for you. I've been busy. Sydney Comedy Festival, five shows in five nights with a bunch of showcases. Fly to Perth tomorrow for Perth International. Shit, it's not international anymore. Now it's just Perth Comedy Festival. Expectations have been lowered. And ideally, uh, more people will come and see national comedian Daniel Muggleton. Uh, But yes, I'm going to be there doing two shows, Friday and Saturday. I think it's May 12th and 13th at the Astor Theatre. So if you know anybody in the world's most isolated city, do send them along. Uh, Look, I'll be honest, today's episode, short one, quick one. I'll be back with something a bit lengthier on Thursday. But I just wanted to tell you... Three things that happened at the Sydney International Comedy Festival and also ask what you're watching. I feel like it's kind of golden age television time. I feel like it's kind of garbage cinema time, like the amount of times that I've wanted to go to the movies but just couldn't Couldn't pick anything. Like couldn't think of anything that I would just... This is with vouchers, by the way. We still got those vouchers from like COVID, you know, get back out there and hang out vouchers. Um, so this is free, and still, still nothing, still no interest in going. Um, so, I want to know what you're watching, not what you're not what you're admitting to people that you're watching, not what you're telling people that you're watching, not what you're recommending that other people watch, but what you're watching in the background while you go about your goddamn lives. That's what I want to hear about. Uh, and the other thing is just to thank you, the, the ODs and the muglets for listening along. Um, appreciate the reviews. Appreciate the ratings. I hope you enjoyed my conversation about the Piss Goblin with Michael Schaefer. I'll have another interview coming at you this week, recorded in Perth, live from Perth. Well, not really, delayed from Perth. That's, uh, that's what it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's it. All right, the UK tour is fast approaching. So if you know anybody in the UK, get them over to my website, www.danielmuggleton.com.au uh, and start booking those tickets for my UK shows. Some of them are selling pretty quick. It's cool. It's very cool. Uh, excited for that. My first ever international comedy tour. But we'll talk about that later. For now, let's get to the goddamn ep with Verticoli. All right. Three things that happened at the Sydney Comedy Festival 2023. Number one, I sold more tickets than ever before. I wanted to lead with that because it's nice and it means a lot to me. Um is my hometown, obviously, and the Sydney Comedy Festival is kind of weird and that it's not it's not like a month long thing. You don't really get momentum. Um but I used to the last two years I've done a show in a 500 seat, like a one off, a big show, being like, hey, it's my hometown, one big show, let's see how we go. And this year I thought, you know what, I'll play something slightly smaller. It was like 150, uh, do five shows instead, actually more tickets on sale, um, but more chances for people to see it. And it was just really cool in that, A, I sold more tickets than ever before, which means I think more people want to see me do comedy. Uh, And the second thing that was really cool is like it really built up, like even in five nights, like in Melbourne, it was noticeable. Like during the start, there weren't that many people. Then by the end, basically the entire last week was sold out because you know word of mouth is what I rely on, and just to have that happen in five shows as opposed to twenty-five shows uh, in a city like Sydney, which is fucking big. Like it is big. There's a lot of people. It's spread out. They're busy. Um, That felt really cool. Number two, uh, I got to perform at the Metro Theatre again for the first time since I taped my special there. Uh, which, was, which was cool because like, it's not a regular comedy venue. Uh, that's why the special was kind of like, uh, it was a big deal to shoot there because I wanted to do it there because of how it looked and I got to do uh, a bunch of showcases there. So it was nice. It was nice to be back and be like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm excited for everyone to see that when it comes out. Uh, my highlight was it was in the city and it was kind of branded as like this after work, drinks, comedy type deal, you know, starting at 6.30, getting people for the happy hour who want a little bit more and there was just this front row full of dudes. Like the second they walked in, I just spotted them for like, I I don't know how well this translates outside of Australia, but just private school boys, just that energy, like finance bros, like they all went to school together. They all work in finance now. They just had the fucking uniform on. Like I I, I can't make this up. Five out of five, sorry, four out of five. One of them was wearing a suit But the other four were wearing a puffy black vest like Patagonia North Face puffy black vest, which is just finance as fuck. And then when I got on stage because I was hosting, it was just RM Williams as far as the eye could see. Just the fucking investor private school combo. It was so fun to just absolutely rinse these dudes and they took it so well. They had a great time. The rest of the crowd had a great time. I I tell you because I didn't film it because it's just a little showcase thing. But like, I love it when, because my favorite bit was that they were just like, how'd you know that we work in finance? And I'm like, because you're wearing the fucking uniform, dude. And like, how'd you know you went to private school? Like, because you're wearing the fucking, like, you may as well be wearing the blazer and the boater. Like, that is how fucking private school you are right now. This is a lock. This is a goddamn lock. And uh, the third one, um, also somewhat fashion related. Um, had some more tracksuit people. I gotta say, there's been there's been a dip in uh, the tracksuit mafia attending my show this year. Um, I think that's just because I've kind of publicised that less. It's been a bit less of a thing. But I definitely want to get it going for my own tour and uh, the UK tour in in the middle of the year. Um, Sydney was great. There was one guy, my favorite probably. He he wore the tracksuit. He's turned up in like red clothes with like a red team previously, uh, but this time his name's Joel. He bought a tracksuit and it was a two-stripe tracksuit. I was like, motherfucker, two stripes? What's happened here? Do you need uh, financial assistance? What's going on? And he's like, well, look, I brought it in Japan. Um, I bought it in Japan rather. Uh, that's just that's just how they, they do over there. And I'm like, fair enough. Um, two stripes, obviously, for any non-tracksuit aficionados is a cry for help. Um, and the second guy, uh, the only reason he came to my show as far as I could tell it was because his friends like three years ago, he was wearing a red added ass top and he had a mustache and glass at the time. And they're like, you look exactly like Daniel Muggleton. And he's like, who's that? And then they brought up a photo of me, took a photo of him holding the phone with him looking like me and then came to the show. So we could get a photo of both of us holding the phone and him kind of looking like me, <laughs> like holding a phone with the photo on it of him. You know what I mean? Like they just wanted the sequential photo. So I can only hope that next year it happens again and we can hold the photo uh, of the photo of us holding the photo. You get what I mean? You got to mean a bit of linear goddamn progression. Uh, and just another another quick tracksuit side note. Um, I didn't know this. There's a there's um, a very uh, famous Estonian comedian called Ari Mati um, who uh, I've met a couple of times. Like he was in Edinburgh last year and he was in Melbourne this year. We got to hang out a bit more. And he wears a red tracksuit himself. It's like a single stripe kind of thing. Uh Estonian guy. You know, I'll be honest, I think he has more claim to it than me. But apparently uh, his fans see videos of me popping up with my red tracksuit on and message him. He's like, you know, Estonian fans, like in Estonian, be like, who the fuck is this red tracksuit guy? You're the red tracksuit guy. Who the fuck does he think he is kind of thing. And so uh, Melbourne one night, we we're out drinking and he was like, wait, can I get a photo of you in the tracksuit just to put on my Instagram being like, I found the cunt kind of thing. <laughs> Very fun. I like it. I like that It's going international uh the reason that came to mind was um he was supposed to be in sydney on sunday and i was going to get him to go up uh before me um you know not that his level of success means you should be opening for me in any way shape or form but just for a bit of fun uh i've never had someone who wears the tracksuit themselves bringing me on in the tracksuit you know it's always either just to fuck with me so i thought that would have been fun but he didn't make it in time but hey Watch this space. I think you will be in Edinburgh again this year. I'll be in Europe a couple of times this year. Hopefully we can make it happen, but definitely check him out. Ari Mati. Um, very funny. Very funny dude. So check him out. Uh, great. Those are three things. We did it. The quick segment. Three things that happened. Sydney Comedy Festival. Will three whole things happen at Perth Comedy Festival where I fly tomorrow? We'll see. I'll keep you posted. All right. Quick break. We're back with what are you watching? I need to know. I want to know what people are watching. And not like the thing that, you know, you want people to know that you're watching. Like everybody, everybody's got a fair idea of like the hit TV shows, the things that are coming out regularly. The the water cooler TV shows where you're kind of like new episodes out. It's out on It's out on Sunday US time, which means Monday Australian time. You can probably have a crack at it. Uh, You probably don't want to discuss it in any detail until, you know, at the very earliest Tuesday evening. Succession is the one that comes to mind for me. I'm very happy for people to know that I'm keeping up with Succession. It's a great show. I really enjoy it. I'm not going to tell you anything about it because obviously spoilers, blah, blah, blah. But one thing that I've become, I guess, like more attuned to is like, Background stuff. Like, people like noise in the background. For me, it tends to be sport. That's why, you know, despite not having an NBA team, I'm aware of, like, three different NBA analysis podcasts. And now I've taken more than a a cursory interest in the playoffs. Hot playoff series, by the way. Watch that Lakers-Warriors end of the game today. Whew. Some bad shots. Some bad shots. Everyone... Everyone seems to have looked at Damian Lillard and being like, hey, I'm just going to hit the three from like 30 feet and they just consider that the strategy now, you know? Like it's just <laughs> – it's like the end of the game. They need a three-pointer. Instead of trying to find like a look at the corner or like close to the arc, they're just like, no, nah, let's fucking drill one from like four feet back. That way the people who are going to high-five me have more of a run-up. Fuck yeah, bro. Anyway, tangent. Um, yeah. So I got that. I think that's my kind of background at sport. Um, To get into the more embarrassing nitty gritty of it, I would say uh, on YouTube, like, you know, when YouTube's just kind of like, hey, bro, you want something on in the background that you're going to like half watch, right? And I'm like, hell yeah, bro. Silence is terrifying. And I'm I'm jumping into a channel called KTO. I like that one. That's just basically NFL history factoid things. Like, you know the the draft class of two thousand and three where are they now but like the high school draft class you know like and you know who's the least successful drafting franchise like the the craziest NFL like that clickbaity shit like I'm on that I'm somewhat of a recent NFL fan like last five seasons so anything that gives me like a bit of perspective on the game I'm a fan there uh, also Naruto highlight packages. <laughs> For anyone unfamiliar with the anime series Naruto, I got hooked on that at uh hooked on it like some fucking drug. No, I just got I got into it. There we go. That's the that's the verb I'm looking for. Uh at at year nine camp, uh the Asian kids were like, hey bro, have you seen Naruto? And I'm like, fuck no, but that sounds sick. And it's basically like a ninja, a ninja anime that becomes uh substantively more dragon ball z the ninja as it goes on but i read that shit like weekly like i went online and found like the weekly english translation of the japanese manga and then i got into the anime and so you know just in that downtime i'm just talking about that downtime where you don't actually want to watch anything but you couldn't possibly stare at nothing like that's that's the question of like what are you watching because yeah, for me it's like Naruto, like wrestling highlights, man, WWE highlights, just you know, Chris Jericho, the rock smack talk, kind of back and forth stuff, some stone cold entrances. Like this is good shit, right? Like, come on. I look, I don't know, I don't know if the muglets are joining me on this one, but I hope the ODs are kind of like, yeah, man, we know what you're talking about. There's just this this portion of your childhood slash formative years that you're very happy to just watch again and again and again. Like Gohan turning Super Saiyan 2 for the first time, red hot. Goku turning Super Saiyan 1 for the first time, red hot. That speech from Vegeta to Trunks when he's about to fucking blow himself up. I know those are all Dragon Ball Z examples, but you click one and then the algorithm's like, motherfucker, I bet this is the only thing you're interested in. And there you are, suddenly you're just watching that shit over and over like, It's, I feel like, and I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it out there as if this isn't absolutely intentional, but you know, reels, shorts are basically there to be like the gateway to the full vid. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like you watch something, you're like, just like a little snippet of like a scene from a cartoon you used to watch or a TV show and you're like, oh, fuck. And then you like go on YouTube and you watch like the 10-minute 10, the 10 thing. But like by the third minute, you got your phone out again and then you look at the reels again and then you're like looking at a new thing you're switching it, right? Is, it, is this like a relatable experience or do I have like some kind of undiagnosed attention deficit disorder? I don't think so. I think it's all of us. And I think the technology is kind of training us to be that way. But I just... The reason I bring it up is because I'm curious. Because for me, that's kind of my ballpark. And I consider that pretty normal. And it's normal because I do it. That's... (laughs) Let's Let's not jump into any kind of creative use of the word normal. Normal is exactly what I do. Otherwise, I'd have to question it. And I just don't have time. So... The reason I bring it up is my wife, Mary, who I love. Uh, you might you might have if you've seen my my recent live show, uh, I describe Mary as she's so white, she was sad the Queen died. Like she's she's a, a white lady who is not against the monarchy. Like obviously she understands uh, you know the problematic history and all that kind of shit. But on a purely personal level, she's like, give me give me a peek of that. Give me give me a little, give me a little, you know, aristocracy. Give me a little, give me a little promenading. That's a, that's a verb that she introduced me to. Um, ironically, like don't get the wrong idea. It's just like apparently back in the day, fellas, we would, we would kind of hold our elbow out in the teapot formation, like in that, in that kind of vibe. And then women would put their hands kind of slightly inside the elbow, kind of like resting on the elbow, probably the same the same energy we're given to like a the belt on an escalator, like not not gripping too hard, just kind of in it, just kind of making sure everything's fine, and then you just walk around. That was promenading, and you do that for you know, from my understanding, zero to six months before you get married and try to start fucking. That's the that's the vibe on promenading. It's kind of like holding hands, but for extra virgins, you know, kind of like kind of like that. Very flavorless olive oil or more flavorful. Fuck. I hate hate on this podcast where I do feel like I reveal my weaknesses. (laughs) And one of those is I'm aware of the different virginities of olive oil. But if you were to be like, hey, Dan, gun to you and your mother's head, which has more flavor extra extra virgin or regular i want to say regular because that makes logical sense to me but then i don't think that's it i think the extra extra virgin is actually more <laughs> it's more flavorful and the reason that i paused there and i apologize for that i would hate i would hate to add any more any more fire to the rumors that i speak slowly Still bugs me. I know that you guys are thinking, fuck, was it like a month ago? Yes. And I think about it every single time as I watch the waveforms, as I do this fucking podcast, I'm like, are there enough up and downy bits or am I speaking slowly again? Ugh. But the reason I pause is there's an Australian comedian, um, kind of old school, old school Australian comedian. His name is Jason Rash Ryder. And he used to have this very famous, a famous routine before TV routines. Like, you know, this is just his big routine and it was called Ripped Off or What? Uh, Ripped Off, I think is a universal enough expression, but just in case, uh, an Australian colloquialism for you not getting your money's worth. Ripped Off or What? So you'd say that to be like, man, I got, I got played. I, I did not get my money's worth. That's the colloquialism there. And he used to say sentences followed by the catchphrase, ripped off or what. By the way, the catchphrase era, fuck, what a loss to comedy that was. That used to be like, you know, I, I try to do basically a new 50 to 60 minutes every year because that's what the Australian Festival Circuit demands. And then I combine those two 60s into what I hope to be a functional 80. And then I record that, maybe chopping five minutes because I fucked it on the night. Uh, and that's how much material I'm getting out of there. So I need, you know, let's say every two years, 70 to 75 minutes worth of bulletproof dialogue. But if I had a catchphrase, motherfucker, I need like, what, 60? And then just 15 minutes of me saying the catchphrase followed by the audience applauding, applauding familiarity. I think that's all catchphrases are. It's just like, oh man, life is, life is fucking hard. Life is chaotic. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Oh fuck. He said the same thing again. Thank God. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Um, so yes. Oh yeah. Jason Rash Rider. Sorry. It is like the back end of many, many comedy festivals. I'm not even recording this late at night. Uh, so if, if, if it gets a bit tangential, I want you to know that there's a darn good explanation for it. But yeah, so we had the ripped off or what bit. And when I was thinking about the taste of different olive oils, he used to, he used to have one of the lines, which was, I bought some extra virgin olive oil. It tasted fucked, ripped off or what? We got there. We did it. But why? Because I was trying to talk about my wife repeatedly watching Downton Abbey. Look, I've just revealed the things to you that I watch frequently: your wrestling highlights, your anime highlights, your your vague, you know, YouTube-based sportamentaries. Like, not you could never call them a documentary. You could never call them. I don't know. It's not a list. It's a listicle, I guess. Isn't it fucked that that's part of like actual? Dictionary definitions now Listical. like that was like a dumb thing that we called a thing to describe Buzzfeed and now it's just in there it's just fuck there fucking right up there with Google it ugh anyway um so Jesus Christ this is a roundabout way to get here <laughs> it's so funny Yaz who I adore who produces the running joke will listen to the podcast and her note every single time is for the love of God get to the point. Uh, because she's a TV producer, and uh, they have time limits. But this is a podcast, so go fuck yourself. I'll dance around the point for a long time, and I would argue more people listen to this podcast than watch some programs on Australian television. Not the ones she works on, but definitely some that exist. So, my wife keeps watching Downton Abbey. There we are, just over and over. Like, it's crazy. Like, she just got home today, and I had a shower, and before the shower's over, Downton Abbey on. Class system, English accents, or oh, Mr. Dashi, whatever. Like, you know, deep-voiced, deep-voiced English man being confused about where the inheritance will go. Lady, English lady who, who wants to clean but also wants to live a slightly better life. Then proper English madam who, you know, she does care for the servants but they are in essence servants. Man, look at my fucking range. Um, She watches it over and over. Like, over and over and over. Like, in the same way that I would watch, say, Seinfeld pretty regularly. Like, I watched Seinfeld pretty regularly. I watched it a lot growing up. I still have it now. Like, it's, you know, it's there. Like, people watch Friends. I feel like Friends is kind of the epitome of this. You can kind of put on any episode of Friends and watch it and it'll be fine. Like, it'll just be... The appropriate amount of background noise, kind of engaging, not too engaging. Like you you could have a serious discussion over it without being derailed by anything that happens. And also, regardless of how many times you've watched it, you're kind of like, oh yeah, he's got the turkey on his head, that's quite good. Like <laughs> that kind of vibe. But Downson Abbey, like, I'm I'm starting to grow a little concerned because she like she tro- she she went through all the other ones. As well. Like, I'll be... I'll completely. those. She went through all the other ones. Like, all the other kind of British periody dramas. Like, you know, that's where I learnt Promenading. That wasn't Downton Abbey. That was one of the other ones. And they're all pretty much the same. You know, there's different classes. Every Everyone wants to be loyal to the house, but also wants to do their own thing. And then there's a fucking war and whatever it is. Um, <laughs> the thing with Seinfeld is there's nine seasons... 24 ish episodes a season, right? Like, same with friends. Basically, any American TV show, there's going to be five to 10 seasons if it's somewhat successful. And if it's a half hour, then every, like, there's going to be at least 20 episodes a season. So you just got fucking minutes. You know what I mean? Like, 600 minutes of show per season. Let's just say 10 seasons, 6,000 minutes. So what's, What's that? Like a hundred hours of television. A hundred hours to go through and everything's a bit short so you can kind of start and stop where you want. That's why like all those, you know, bullshit in between channels, like instead of seven, there's like Seven Mate and Seven Plus and Seven Two. Like all of those just basically play Law and Order SVU and Friends and you just kind of dart in between the two most different shows ever, both set in New York. Anyway, so the thing with Downton Abbey, there's like, six episodes a season. I think one of them has 10 and there's six seasons and sure. They're like an hour long episode, but like, sh- should I be concerned? Should I be concerned? Cause I, I've never watched the show despite, despite how much she has watched it. I do assume that I've actually seen it without realizing that it was vaguely chronological or linear, but like should I be concerned that she's just watching this show this much? Like should I try to intervene and make her watch something else because I just feel like, you know, this show, let's just let's just be generous and say there's like 400 minutes per season, 6 seasons, that's 2400 minutes. And I I would I would argue that she has spent Three months, three months, probably just this on in the background, kind of half working, half cooking, half talking to me, doing the wordle asking me to get a blanket like all of this with just Downs and Abbey serenading in the background. And I'm just like, when when do you have to intervene? because as I've as I've hopefully shown some vulnerability with the shit that I keep watching over and over again, is hot garbage and unjustifiable also, but I feel like I've got a rotation, you know? (laughs) Look, the best analogy I can think of is vices, you know? Like everybody's got vices. Ideally, you've got a few of them that you kind of pursue, you know? It's like... Yeah, you probably drink a little bit too much. You might have a cheeky cigarette every now and again when you are very drunk, but you'd never buy your own cigarettes and you don't have any vodka bottles in your laundry basket. But, like, also sometimes when you're drunk, you'll chuck on the odd bet, whether it's a real bet or the fucking electronic greyhounds at the local pub. Australia has those. I don't know if you guys have those. They're pretty weird. But less suffering for the animal. Take it or leave it. Uh... <laughs> like you've got, you've got that spread of vices, you know what I mean? Like they all are kind of interconnected. None of them are probably good for you individually or collectively, but none of them are that bad for you because the other vices kind of take your attention away momentarily from the other vices. So it just keeps the suffering at a kind of generic and general low level. Whereas if you have one vice... Like if your vice is just gambling, like to the point where you don't drink because you want to be so focused on the gambling, you don't smoke because cigarettes are too expensive and you need the money to gamble, I start to be like, fuck, that's not good, you know. The spread of vice, like, like anybody, let me put it this way: recreational drugs. I mean, they're going to be decriminalized in my lifetime. Obviously, marijuana is already there. Uh, Portugal and should have experimented already. Like, recreational drugs really aren't that big a deal. But if all you do is smoke weed, that's bad. Like, I've never met those... I've never met a 10 to 20 bong a day smoker who's then achieved anything or had a good life. Like, you know what I mean? But if if you smoke a joint... Every day, do pills at a music festival, and you know, cocaine in your in your white collar job in order to keep up with the young bucks. I think you could be a success, even though you've got more vices. Your commitment to them is it's more spread apart. It's kind of like instead of being mon- mono vice, you're poly vice. <laughs> You've got multiple vices that you're committed to instead of one that just is the sole focus of your life. Like is your life partner. Like that's when you're in fucking danger, which is what I just, I think I just need to see a Chuck friends on, you know, cause this ain't, this ain't like channel surfing. this ain't when you're going through uh staying at a bunch of different hotels and you just basically try to find friends or law and order because they're always on a channel at a time. Like, I I think like, you know, the the sun never sets on the British Empire, like that old that old phrase when they had colonies across the world. I think the the channel never stops playing Law and Order SVU. Like that channel might. The channel you're currently on, but there is a channel somewhere in the world, 24 hours a day, where you hear dun dun, executive producer Dick Wolf. Like that's that's happening at one channel. At all times. And like, this is different. This is she comes home, she goes on the Netflix, she gets up Downton Abbey. I think it's on Netflix. Fuck. Is it Amazon Prime? Whatever. One of them gets on the streamers, chucks on Downton Abbey again. Like, I don't even know if it's chronological at this point. Like, I just I think she just hits play and just just keeps going, just through in like a kind of endless cycle. Kind of like the circle of life itself. It never really ends, never really begins. It's all just still fucking happening. And she's going through it. And I just... I'd love her to watch Friends, you know? I think I think that'd be a, a welcome change. And not just because, despite the number of times she's watched it, I just can't give a shit about this. Sh- I don't... I don't get it. I don't get English period dramas. Like, that's just... That's just one kind of genre of television because like it seems to be like the plot, as I said, always very much the same. They had money. It's old money. There's new money coming. How will the old money tolerate the new money? Oh, the new money took this thing that used to belong to the old money, but the old money will always have the loyalty of the lower classes, but some of them want to go above their station and this upper class person wants to fuck this lower class person. Then the war levels everything out. Someone dies. There's an inheritance thing. And then eventually, like the old money crumbles, but not to the point where they're in any way destitute, but where they have to go to a slightly smaller manor. With a slightly smaller staff, and that shows their growth somehow, you know? It's always the same. It's never unexpected. It's never particularly interesting. And I think the outfits are doing the heavy lifting. I think that's the bit that I don't care that they're wearing fun old clothes, whereas, like, the people who like these things are like, oh, look at that lovely antique. Look at that, look at that chair they're sitting in. Ooh, fascinating. And I'm like, I don't think set design's a plot point. <laughs> I just don't. But anyway, I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole here with you. And I hope you've stuck with me. And I just want to know, are you guys the same? Like, cause I know, I know you're watching the cool shows. I know, I know you're on Succession. I know you're on White Lotus, because you bring it up to prove that you watched it. But there's only, let's say, 20 hours of that a year, maybe 30. 30 hours of that a year, you're watching TV, what, like minimum, let's just say minimum 10 hours a week. So that's 520 hours a week. So there's 450 hours you're filling. And when I say TV, I just mean any fucking screen. You know, it doesn't need to be free to air. You know what TV is now. It's a, it's a screen that you're comfortable with other people watching. That's the difference between a TV and a computer. The computer, that's your screen. The TV, it's the people's screen. That's why we put we fucking face our furniture towards it, right? So what are you watching? Get in touch. I wanna to know. Like it doesn't, it doesn't need to be embarrassing. It could be fucking cool. Like, I don't know. For some reason, my wife and I have also taken a slant when we're there watching together. Because down to Nabby's, when she's like, "Oh, you're going out," bang, down to Nabby's on. But when we're there together, we've gone like through a weird, like anti-capitalist documentary phase, like things about like dirty money. We like, you know, like the kind of white collar crimes. Um, uh, fuck, what was that guy? The guy, the guy, the guy, the guy, the guy. Ah, the Ponzi scheme. The big Ponzi scheme is dead now. Financial crisis found him out. Fuck, why can't I get it? I know there's people just yelling, just absolutely screaming at their podcast listening device right now. Oh my God, how could I not get it? The biggest Ponzi scheme ever. I watched this thing for four fucking hours. How could I not? Oh, oh my God. All I got in my head is Christopher Case, who's just like an Australian guy from the past. It's not relevant at all. Oh my God. He's got the two sons. The sons sons of both, I think, subsequently passed away because of what their dad did. Like, there there seems to be this weird guilt thing running around in the family. Oh, my God. How can I know who this guy is? (laughs) It's killing me. Ah! Financial crisis. It was, he went down. The big Ponzi scheme. All the hedge funds are into it. No one did their due diligence. He had the two floors at the building, at the lipstick. Ah! Come on! Jim, fuck! All right, I got to Google. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to drag that out for you, but I have to. I have to Google now. Ponzi scheme. Madoff, Bernie Madoff. For fuck's sake, Bernie Madoff. My God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that took that long. Um, but yes, we we got we got on that. Before that, we were kind of we were kind of in a like, little little terroristy phase. Like we got into we got into Caliphate, like the Swedish show. Uh, we got into Homeland, loved Homeland. like. But these are the shows that you admit to watching because watching them is kind of newsworthy and can generate conversation. But I need to know. I need to know how you motherfuckers are filling the other 420 unintentional minutes of TV time. What are you watching? What's on the screens? What's filling in the blanks between the new episode of the show you actually want to watch coming out, uh, between the time before you finish the book and you found the new book, like before you, you try to flick a movie, but you couldn't find anything you want. So fuck it. We'll just watch this cause I don't want to eat in silence. What is it? What is it? Email in dan at danielmuggleton.com.au. That's what I want to know. Cause I feel like, you know, no one's really admitting this, but if you see what streaming services like what kind of long-running sitcom style things that they're retaining just year after year and you're like, fuck, who hasn't seen that? Fucking everybody's seen it, but everybody just wants to watch it one more time because it's familiar. Not unlike the old catchphrase in comedy, ripped off or what? We fucking did it. We turned it around. Nice. All right, thank you for listening to my quick little solo ep this week. As I said, another chat with another comedian. We'll be out this Thursday recording in Perth. We're going. It's happening. I'm going back. For those of you who've seen the show, whew, you know how much I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just getting Good Good crowds having a lovely time there in january i only hope for more of the same in may if you did see the show in january it actually has really changed a lot so if you want to come back through i don't think you'll you know be like oh should i've heard this one which is pretty cool when you think about that only only 4 months 4 and a bit months a lot of gigs a lot of flights <laughs> a lot of fucking drink vouchers but here we are with some new minutes uh, thanks so much for listening if you do want to follow subscribe uh, it's always cool to see those listener numbers go up please keep telling people we're doing it together we're getting through a year of figuring out what this podcast is and then next year we're gonna go to the fucking moon Oof, is there any phrase that inspires less consumer confidence then go to the fucking moon <laughs> rookie error there for me uh my name's daniel muggleton get around me on instagram at dan muggleton uh other than that let's take verticoli into a lovely wednesday then a new podcast step on thursday you're gonna love it cheers guys thank you <laughs>